When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Caring for your pipes and plumbing. 512-388-7030. Hambonplumbing.com. License number M12470. From the UBO Business Services Studios, you're listening to KTXX FM and HD1 BK. KTAE AM Elgin. K270CO Round Rock. Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLaw.com. Here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome into the Horn at Austin, Texas, and Soccer Matters, presented by the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com. We're streaming at HornFM.com, and that's also where, as always, you can find the podcast of this show. Your humble host, Glenn Davis, here. Boy, an eventful weekend in the world of football. Austin FC scored goals, still did not deliver the full points in a home draw 2-2 against the San Jose Earthquakes. We talk about it tonight with a visit from Eric Goodman of the Verde Report. You'll get some of my opinions on it as well. Plus, MLS Next has added youth clubs in Texas. We talk about that tonight and visit with one of the new coaching directors, Josh Gardner, two-time MLS Cup winner, and he will head up to Houston Rangers. By the way, I uh, hope you enjoyed the interview last week with Austin musician, born in Beaumont, Texas, uh, Jesse Dayton. All right, Manchester City have gone to the top of the Premier League. That was a hard-fought win against Fulham, winning 2-1 to one on goals from Erling Holland from the penalty spot. Uh, Julian Alvarez, uh, by the way, unreal goal from outside the 18, created space for himself, a uh, long hit that uh, was just had eyes for the back of the net in the upper corner. Um, so what does this mean for City right now? Well, let's start with them. They're in first place for the first time since February. Holland now has a remarkable, ridiculous 50 goals and has tied the Premier League record of 34. Incidentally, let's think about his minutes, too. He'd have more if not for the rotation of his playing time from Pep Guardiola, which has been a smart move. It has kept him fresh. It has kept Kevin De Bruyne fresh. Now, remember... He staggered a lot after the World Cup with performance, getting chances, and trying to score goals. But he literally gets three chances to any one that other strikers in the Premier League get. He gets more clear-cut chances. Now tied for the Premier League historic all-time season goal-scoring record with Andy Cole and Alan Shearer, uh, two great names in Premier League history, and he's likely going to break that. All right. Um, And, yes, their momentum right now is carrying them. Uh, this is not a team you want to play. It was not a team Arsenal wanted to play midweek when they got uh, totally dismantled and and ripped apart. Um, that's trouble for people in the Champions League, and they look uh, as though they're well on their way to winning the Premier League. 
Ederson and goal hardly bothered in this match against Fulham. Uh, two notes on U.S. international players. Anthony Robinson did have uh, his challenges with Riyad Morris. Robinson had a, a very nice World Cup for the United States. He was, I just think, ran out of gas against the Netherlands in the knockout stages, as did other guys on the U.S. national team. Um, another U.S. international, Tim Ream, who had a great World Cup, Apparently he's broke his arm. Reports are saying he's out for the season. He had an outstanding World Cup as well, and that could uh, hurt his participation with the national team this summer. Uh, Arsenal now a point behind and will take on Chelsea on Tuesday. So it looks like this city on 76 points, game in hand over Arsenal. Arsenal 75, Newcastle 65, Manchester United 63, Liverpool 56. And then, of course, with promotion and relegation, you've got the relegation battle going on, there's tremendous emotion at the bottom end of the table as well with Leeds, Nottingham Forest, Leicester City, Everton, and Southampton in that uh, relegation battle. All right, let's talk uh, a little Austin FC now. 2-2 with San Jose. Um, I mean, there's pros and cons to this one. You can certainly look at it from a very positive perspective. Uh, you scored two goals, still haven't won in six games, but you can call it progress. Overall record is two wins, three draws, four losses. That's 11th in the Western Conference. And, you know, of course, you could you can kind of position this any way you want. Um, but I think the positive side of it is – is going to be this was a progressive day. Um, Josh Wolf said the performance was worthy of three points. Uh, that's debatable to me. I don't. I don't know if you're worthy of three points when you make three big defensive errors that you get punished for. Um, the you know the the allowing uh, Jackson Ewell to get turned, and then the loss of possession um, that led to the Jeremy Abobasi goal off. Uh, Christian Espinosa's delivery, you know, those are two that could have been eliminated and avoided. That said, you scored goals. You hadn't scored goals in quite some time, and you're moving forward. Now, one of the goals was scored by Emiliano Rigoni. That was good um, that he got off the snide and got a goal. Um, but that said, didn't really beat a lot of people off the dribble, gave the ball away pretty pretty consistently. That's still a work in progress. That left side of the field just does not have that energy it had last year when Diego Fagundes was there and was flying. And he was the the perfect complement from the perspective of being dangerous to Sebastian Driussi. He, he, he certainly took attention away from him. And you heard uh, Josh Wolf in the post-game press conference talking about the left side of the field, and that has to be uh, something that's that's figured out. Uh, in the future. In fact, he said, quote, we have to add a player there. Now, I don't know if that means, you know, Diego Fagundes getting healthy and back to the form where he was. I think that would be the hope. Or is that meaning, you know, we might have to go into the transfer window in the summer? Don't know. What I do know is this. Julio Cascante, who's getting close to a return, potentially. Diego Fagundes, their energy is very much missed right now. Escante gets back in the lineup. You can push ring into midfield. Uh, Leo Weissenden has been a heck of a signing. It was tremendous work by the club to identify him. He, he has been very good. Rodney Redis had his 
I would say, his best game ever for Austin FC in a starting role. Lundquist got a start uh, who was picked up by the Houston Dynamo at left back. Um, people are wondering why John Gallagher didn't get the start. I, I think it's pretty clear you got a lot of games coming up, and you do have to get people involved. Uh, I believe it's 10 games in the month of May. Johan Valencia getting a, a startup. So a busy May coming up. Josh Wolf alluded to that as well. So there was a little bit of rotation and shared minutes. But, you know, is it as simple as getting Alex Ring back in the midfield, Cascante back uh, in the center back position, and then uh, a bought in and, you know, like last year type form Diego Fagundes? Is it as simple as that? I'm not sure. Not sure. Um, Drioci had four shots on the night. Um, not getting on the ball as much as you would want him to get on the ball at 52 touches. Shots overall, 16-11 for Austin FC. Four shots on target to three. Ten shots inside the box. Hit one post. Three big chances. Um, touches in uh, San Jose's penalty area, 20. 54% possession. But you can still see it's off, and you have time to fix it. But six games without a win is something to definitely be concerned about. I mean, you could also be L.A., Colorado, or Kansas City right now who are struggling mightily uh, in a very, very big way. Huge, huge struggles uh, for them. By the way, Willie Nelson Tifo was a killer. Another sellout. Ridiculous uh, crowd still pouring into Q2 Stadium and making it uh, a real happening out there. I really love the Willie Nelson uh, TIFO. Always on my mind. Great stuff. Um, so there you go. A uh, couple of thoughts there. Uh, we'll get some more from Eric Goodman of the Verde Report in Austin Chronicle a little bit later in the show. I mentioned we're going to do some player development talk uh, with the addition with uh, some MLS Next clubs in Texas. So uh, that will be coming up too. Uh, in the second and third segments of uh, this show today. All right, a couple of things to talk about here. First of all, um, we do have two shades of green when it comes to the Soccer Matters T-shirts. You can get them at lamontbrands.com. We added a beautiful uh, trucker trucker hat over there as well. When you buy these, um, the purchase goes to the 501C charity, the Snowdrop Foundation for Pediatric Cancer, research, awareness, and, of course, uh, scholarships for pediatric cancer patients. So a couple of uh, nice sidebars to those T-shirts. Um, that is where the donations go. So I know Austin and those listening in have been really giving when it comes to these things, so we would love for you to check out the T-shirts and hats at lamontbrands.com. By the way, the cotton, it's a really good, light-quality cotton for Texas, these are not cardboard T-shirts that are uncomfortable. They're very light, uh, wonderful cotton tees that uh, you will like wearing. And you know what? Uh, I'd love to see a couple Soccer Matters T-shirts uh, in green at uh, Q2 Stadium. Also, to our presenting sponsor, John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. Big thank you to John and his firm. It's DaspitLawAustin.com. Seven, uh, five, excuse me, 512-CALL-NOW. 512-CALL-NOW. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys, uh, they'll handle your case. Again, we know if you get in a car accident, boat, motorcycle, drive an 18-wheeler, maybe you work construction, you're in a refinery, it's uncomfortable. You do have to get representation in order to protect yourself and get what's rightfully yours. DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-CALL-NOW, 512-CALL-NOW. 
And just bear in mind, if you need a personal injury attorney, bear in mind that, you know, they're supporting the game that you love and are uh, all about the, the sport of soccer and getting it on the airwaves here. So thank you for tuning in here tonight. We've got a couple of great segments coming up. Again, Eric Goodman of the Verde Report, Austin Chronicle, Josh Gardner, a two-time MLS Cup winner who's played for teams like Sporting Kansas City and L.A. He was born and raised on the fields of Houston, Texas. He will now take uh, the director of coaching spot with the Houston Rangers. And uh, you got to love players that are coming back now and uh, getting into player development. Tyson Wall doing the same thing for Austin FC. All right, we'll take a break. This is Soccer Matters. It is the Horn in Austin, Texas. It is presented by DaspitLawAustin.com. I'm Glenn Davis. We'll take a break, and we'll come back with more Austin FC and Verde Talk. All right, welcome back to the Horn in Austin, Texas. As we continue on here, DaspitLawAustin.com, our presenting sponsors, 512-CALL-NOW, 512-CALL-NOW, John and his firm, Personal injury attorneys, uh, they will handle your case and work for you 24-7 nights and weekends. Nobody wants to get in an accident. Maybe it's a fender bender, car, boat, motorcycle. You drive an 18-wheeler. You go for the best. It's DaspitLawAustin.com, 713-CALL-NOW. Speaking of the best, his coverage is excellent. He's Eric Goodman, Austin Chronicle, Verde Report. Eric joins us now. Eric, good morning, and thank you very much for coming on the show. Glenn, you're too kind. Anytime. Let's get into it. All right, let's go. Let's start here. 2-2 draw, Austin FC. We mentioned that on the show already. Another sellout crowd. Goalless streak snapped. Still no wins in six. Two wins, three draws, four losses. 11th in the West. How do you position this one against San Jose? Yeah, I think this one, there really is two ways to look at it. I mean, you could go by what Josh Wolf said himself last week, which is that um, ties at home will kill you in MLS. And, and that, that's exactly what Austin FC was able to manage. And, and it's not the win that they needed to kind of build up, kind of getting anywhere close to the point total that they were able to amass by this point last season. Then again, you can also look at it and say, you know, it's still early enough in the season where the points themselves are not necessarily as critical as getting, you know, writing the ship from, from a goal scoring standpoint, uh, from, from a health standpoint. I think this is, you know, the kind of result that that if, you know, the hope if you're Austin is that, you know, even though it's a 2-2 draw, the the goal scoring and the fact that you're getting closer to health will allow for some better results coming forward. And that's when the points will arrive. He's Eric Goodman, Austin Chronicle, Verde Report. All right. Emiliano Ragoni finally got his first um, overall performance from him. Uh, did not have any successful dribbles. Didn't seem to be beating people off the dribble for me. Lost the ball a lot yet. Got his first goal uh, at Austin FC. Right. And, and that's, Great for his confidence, obviously. Um, you know, he was in it was in the exact right place to take advantage uh, of the header from Rodney Redes, who, by the way, is has really kind of developed into uh, an actual piece for Austin. They've waited, you know, well over two years for that to materialize. But but back to Ragoni, it's 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 a goal that he absolutely needed. I mean, this I believe this was his 16th MLS game and uh, and his first goal. But I'm I'm with you, Glenn. I'm I'm still just not seeing. Um, on the field, the the impact that a designated player is supposed to make, and and Rigoni had a great chance um, late in this match to to give Austin a, a win potentially on a breakaway. I believe it was Danny Pereira found him through a crowd uh, on a great find, 
and and Rigoni just takes it. He doesn't, you know, take the angle closer to goal. He he just stays on the tight angle and then fires a shot wide. And and that's just not good enough from your designated players, people that you know, players that you're relying on to make the those differences late in games. And I just haven't seen it yet from Rigoni. Maybe you know this goal um, gets him gets him off of that and, and builds some confidence. But I, I, he's got a long way to go to to represent anything close to what Austin needs to get out of him to to have success. Yeah, it's a team with only eight goals. Um, striker position isn't yielding anything. Let's go back to Rodney Redis, who you mentioned a minute ago. Uh, obviously, one of his better performances. Um, yeah, does look more comfortable. Very active. Very involved. I, I think the goal that was pieced together with Rigoni was beautiful with a long diagonal from Pereira. And Redis does the greatest, uh, or sorry, the smartest thing by heading across the face of goal. And, you know, the thing that, that you can be optimistic about with Redis, it's it's not necessarily that his issue has been a lack of talent. I mean, we have seen it in, in some friendly matches. He scored some great goals that, that just haven't, they just haven't come up in matches that, that, that count. Um, for for Redis, it seems like it was all a, a just generally understanding where to be on the field and, and and understanding his own instructions. And the reason that that you can be optimistic about that is because those things you can generally teach a player. Now some will pick it up more quickly than others, and it clearly has taken you know Rodney a long time to to understand his role and understand where to be on the field. But I think uh, last night's assist is is a great example. You know he knew to make that run to the back post. He, um, you know, anticipated that Sebastian Driussi would draw multiple defenders uh, over him, and and that left Redis with a free header that he put in the exact right spot. So I think it's really encouraging. Um, it's it's a the second or third or maybe even fourth um, productive appearance from him. The others have been off the bench because this was obviously his first start in well over two years. Um, but I think it's encouraging, and honestly, this has always been the case. If Austin can get anything out of Rodney Redes, um, even as just a, a bench player, or, you know, especially considering, um, you know, the lack of depth at winger at the moment, that's a huge, huge thing for, for Austin and for Josh Wolf going forward. We're going to talk about the winger position in a minute. Josh Wolf. I mean, look, as a coach, when it, when you're down, you haven't won in six, you have to build your team up. That's, that's the general theory, no wins in six. All right. So, Josh called it a performance worthy of three points. I would disagree a little bit from the outside. When you make two self-inflicted mistakes like that, you're not worthy of three points. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, Glenn. Um, and I, I think he's maybe looking at the fact that they could have scored more goals. We mentioned that that Rigoni chance uh, at, at, towards the end of the match. Possibly, you know, I, I think at this point, if you're Austin, you, you can't be complaining scoring two goals in one match. And, and you know, it just so happens that, San Jose always plays Austin tough. They always find goals. Um, they always are able to get, you know, one or two past or, or three past Brad Stuber. This is kind of weirdly turned into one of Austin's like, um, you know, biggest rivalries uh, just in the last three years. Um, and and so, you know, I don't think you can you can be too upset with the draw and certainly not, you know, expect that, that based on the performance of the last night that, that it would have been a victory. Yeah, and let me put some context on this. This is definitely a step forward. There's no there's no question about that for Austin FC. So that left side of the field, I mean, for, for me, there's some simple things that I think if I reflect back on last year, Eric, I say to myself, there's two guys that bring a tremendous amount of energy that certainly plays into helping Sebastian Driussi pull the strings. That was the performance of Diego Fagundes last year. 
And that was the performance and energy of Julio Cascante. I think they're truly missing the energy of those two guys. Certainly the quality of Fagundes going forward does a lot to maybe take some attention away from Duyusi. What do you think? I think, I think you're right. I think um, Cascante is, is some, I mean, you saw it as, as soon as he went down in, in the first match of the season against St. Louis, um, you know, it, 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 it shell shocked Austin and, and they really haven't, been able to to reclaim what he brings, not just defensively, obviously, in terms of his leadership and, and his marking ability, but also his distribution, um, I think, is an underrated quality of his. And as you mentioned, you know, kind of is able to unlock Drew Ucy on that left side um, and progress play. So I, I think getting him back is, is going to be huge um, for Austin. Fagundes, I mean, obviously you you miss him, and and he's been such an impact player for this club since the very beginning. But he did struggle coming out, um, even while healthy. He did struggle in his first two games, got injured. I think um, you know there there will be some some trepidation and some concerns to see what you get out of Fagundes coming coming off of this injury. Uh, you know, he's still he's still a young player, but he's got a lot of mileage. You know, in his uh, you know in his twenty six year old frame. Uh, you, you never know. I mean, how much energy he's going to be able to bring at, at this stage of his career. Um, got the the new contract. I, I've been. I thought it was interesting since the very beginning of the year. Josh has not shied away from talking about this contract extension and, and this pay raise. That I, I guess Austin wasn't really in a position where they had to give it to him. They 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 kind of did so uh, as a thank you for for the impact that he had been making. And and so far, you know, up until that injury, Josh hadn't felt like Diego was was you know rewarding the club for that. So it'll be interesting to see. But obviously, if he can match what he's been when what he's meant for this club in the past, then then that unlocks a whole bunch uh, of opportunities offensively, and and could really kind of make Austin more reflective of the team that we saw last year. Yeah, great way to say it. More reflective of the team last year. He's out with a groin injury, and and I do think that's when we really got to put a circle around uh, because Josh Wolf did say in the press conference, he said, quote, we have to add a player there, referring to the left side. I, I don't know if that means a signing or if that means Fagundes emerging again uh, or someone within the team uh, filling that role because uh, they don't have the juice and energy they did last year from that position when Fagundes was on. No question about it. Uh, let's go to Alex Ring. How important do you think it is to get him uh, eventually back into midfield uh, when the center back position gets sorted out? Yeah, I think that's that's a huge help. I mean, he, he at, at his stage in his career, you know, he just brings stability. And, and by the way, he's done that in the center back position, I think, really admirably. Um, and and kind of you know, and it's it's very cloudy you know what his current relationship is you know inside that locker room and and with you know he doesn't look happy to me eric he he, well he's never looked happy he just to me, doesn't Glenn. look I mean, happy back there he's never looked happy to me that's the thing that's why i feel like he's a tough well, i kind of like that too right <laughs> yeah yeah certainly I, not necessarily I, I always thought it was a strange attitude to have as a team's captain but certainly as a kind of midfield enforcer i i, I do enjoy that you know the the finish the steely you know, finish attitude. Um, so it's, it's tough to, it's tough to know. I mean, we, we do know, um, or at least, you know, Josh has, has been pretty candid and, and even um, Alex, you know, at times have been candid that he enjoys playing farther up the field. Obviously now he's playing as far back on the field as you, as you can as an outfield player. Um, but getting him in the midfield, it takes, it's going to take a lot of pressure off Danny Pereira, who is currently, 
you know, he's got a lot on his plate on, on, on either side of the pitch currently. Um, and, you know, not always matching that, you know, I think uh, the first goal, especially um, it, against uh, San Jose is kind of on him for not closing down the space and allowing the pass to get through for the assist. So it's, it's going to free up things for Danny Pereira. Um, it's going to take a lot of pressure off Owen Wolf, who he possibly took Alex Ring's starting position coming into the season. I don't know if, if that necessarily was was the right move for Austin. So getting him back in the midfield, I, I think you're absolutely right, is going to be a huge uh, help to, to Austin going forward. Yeah, and there there was a reaction to all these injuries that, you know, uh, potentially forced moves from Josh Wolf in, in, in other areas of the team. And if you can bring some of that stability back, uh, let's see. Um, just getting back to um, Fagundes, uh, did you think earlier in the year when Josh Wolf asked for him tactically to do a little bit more defensively? That's what I thought I heard. Was that something that could have kind of put things in a different direction? I, I don't know because, you know, Diego hasn't really – he hasn't seemed resistant to that in the past. I mean, I, there there have been games where I've looked at, at at Diego as possibly Austin's best defender in in making some you know key challenges. Um, I, I I you know if if I had to put a finger on it, not knowing you know not having been with Diego throughout the the whole off season, but you know I I'm not sure he came in 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 the shape that Austin was used to to having him in. We know that that the coaching staff relies really heavily, sometimes in my opinion, more heavily than they should on the uh, you know biometric readings and, and the the physicality outputs that they that they you know record on all these players in training. Clearly, they weren't getting you know the kind of numbers they were used to with Diego, and and they value those numbers, like I said, probably more than than they should. But you know they are telling, and I, and I think uh, that's why it's important to see what kind of shape Diego you know, you know is in coming out of this injury. Something jumped out to me. Sebastian Driussi, and we're talking to Eric Goodman, Austin Chronicle. He does the Verde Report. Excellent work. Uh, Sebastian Driussi only had 52 touches. I mean, you want that guy with that soccer brain and that that quality to be on the ball uh, quite a bit more, I, w- I would say. It just doesn't look like things are consistently smooth for this team right now and and again I, I you can go back to the injuries and everything but but this has to be considered a step forward but how about Triussi's involvement so far in this season how much has that been affected to our points prior about what is in and around him I think that's a big thing um I I think uh you know other teams have understood and and you can even draw a line back to kind of towards the end of, of last season other teams have caught on that that if, if you're able to, you know, minimize Drusi's impact on Austin, then you know they don't have a lot of other players who can hurt you right now. So I mean, do you, I, I think you know Sebastian is seeing um, a lot more bodies in front of him when he when he has the ball. He's being forced away from goal a lot. You know, he scored so many of his goals um, last season being the late runner into the box. Um, you know. Find you know going far post uh, and, and those opportunities just haven't been there and I think you can point to the striker position as as a huge you know black hole for Austin right now they're getting nothing out of either Maxi Aruti or Giazzi Zardes and all that does is put uh, more pressure on Driussi gives him fewer options to go when he has the ball and, and obviously you know teams are are, are 
happy for Drewsy to to take the ball, you know, 40 yards from goal and, and try to, you know, do something with it, knowing that they don't have a big threat aerially at striker and and don't have too much that can hurt you out on the wings. Yeah, that's a good point, bringing up the striker position, because that is an area that right now is not yielding enough. You're not getting shots from there. You're not getting goals. You're not getting enough of uh, hold-up play, I think, to your point as well. So it's uh, difficult. Uh, Four shots on target, 16 total at home, 54% uh, possession. Um, But, you know, uh, I guess... If we're going to look very positively here, scored goals, step forward. You got a point, uh, but you got a very busy May coming up, Eric. Right, and that that's what makes you know getting some of these players back from injury is kind of you know seems to be what what this next stretch of the season is going to hinge on for Austin and and can they get you know Drewsy back um, in the kind of form that that we're used to seeing him in? You know, he's he's the captain now. He's taken on an even larger role and. And eventually it does fall to your star players. And, and you know, I think he'll be looking towards uh, Emiliano Rigoni and Giazzi Zardes and some of these guys to just say, hey, you know, let's, you know, give me some help here. It can't just be just be me. Eric, as always, great stuff. Eric Goodman of the Austin Chronicle Verde Report. Thank you, as always, Eric, for coming on so consistently and uh, bringing your opinion. We love it. Absolutely. Glenn. My, pre- my pleasure. All right. That's Eric Goodman. Uh, Brought to you by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com. By the way, that's 512-713-CALL, 512-713-CALL. They are bilingual. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys, take your case 24-7 nights and weekends. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at GlennDavisSock at SoccerMattersGD, or you can head over to GlennDavisSoccer.com. By the way, you can find the podcast of this show on both uh, Spotify, Apple, and, uh, of course, on Google Play. All right, final segment of the night tonight. We go into player development here on the Horn in Austin, Texas, presented by DaspitLawAustin.com. 713-CALL-NOW, 713-CALL-NOW for John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. Personal injury attorneys, there are none better in Austin. Get to John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. If you get in a car, boat, motorcycle accident, you want their representation. 713-CALL-NOW, bilingual, DaspitLawAustin.com. Also, head over to LamontBrands.com. That's where you get uh, your Soccer Matters T-shirts and trucker hats over there, and all the proceeds will go to the 501C charity, the Snowdrop Foundation, Two Shades of Green for Austin FC fans. That is that is LamontBrands.com. This is a player development segment. MLS Next, which is the youth clubs under 13 to under 19, of Major League Soccer teams, and then select independent clubs. Very vital um, for the future of homegrown players and player development and supplying Major League Soccer teams with rising talent at the professional level. Two clubs have been added, uh, Dallas Hornets and the Houston Rangers. Houston Rangers is headed up by a former Major League Soccer player by the name of Josh Gardner. He's a two-time MLS Cup winner worked in uh, player development at Sporting Kansas City as well. He will be the academy director. Here's my interview with Josh Gardner. 
Hey, a quick word here for LamontBrands.com. All right. Jerry and Mel Lamont, great friends of mine. They're veterans. They've got an incredible printing company. Uh, they do all our Soccer Matters t-shirts and hats. If you go to LamontBrands.com, you can click. You can purchase a t-shirt, Soccer Matters, variety of colors, uh, including orange for Houston Dynamo fans, and the trucker hats there that have just come out. And all the proceeds go back to the Snowdrop Foundation, uh, a 501c charity. So it's uh, a T-shirt and a hat with meaning. Uh, speaking of meaning, our next guest uh, is a former Houston area soccer player, went on to play at the University of Cincinnati, ultimately left college early for a professional career, winning two MLS Cups, played with the LA Galaxy, Columbus, amongst a number of other teams. But the real uh, point here is that this is a Houston area player, grew up on parks like Bear Creek and Meyer, that has come back now to be involved in player development in Houston with Kingdom and the Houston Rangers, who just were selected uh, for the new MLS, uh, well, the ongoing MLS Next competition. He is Josh Gardner. He joins us now. Josh, thank you very much for coming on the show. No, thanks for having me, Glenn. All right, just... For for my listeners, explain to them what MLS Next is and then where your involvement in it comes in. Yeah, so MLS started this um, this league a while back just to allow all their youth academies um, to be playing against each other. And since the leagues have developed and grown, we've added a lot more clubs um, around the nation who have good programs, boys programs. Obviously some girls are, are joining those, those teams as well, going on to sign, you know, professional contracts and stuff, but it allows, um, it allows our youth and our area to play against the top players in the nation who are projected to go professionally with, um, with their current MLS club. So we're, we're honored and excited for the opportunity to bring uh, MLS next to the Katy area, which is where I'd spend most of my days uh, playing. Um, and there's just a hotbed of players out here that we want to really work with and develop and give them the opportunities that we had growing up in the Houston area. All right. This is under 19 down to under 13. There's also two other teams, obviously the Houston Dynamo or an MLS next. And is it TFC total football club? Yeah, so TFC, um, I think, just merged with GFI, which is new global um, football innovation, which I think is great. They're moving up to the spring. They've got a beautiful facility. Um, they called me, and when they found out, we were announced, and they said, listen, anything you guys need, let us know. Um, and, you know, we want to work together to, you know, honestly, just build the, build the league. I think, you know, in big markets like Houston and Dallas, uh, obviously see in Los Angeles, the amount of MLS next clubs in those areas, we have very strong players in Houston that need to have access to the highest league. And, um, and that's what we're doing here with, uh, with the Houston Rangers. Josh Gardner, former Houston area player uh, running the club, Houston <clears throat> Rangers in MLS next. I mean, this is a big accomplishment to get selected. How big of an undertaking is this for you? Um, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize they're like, how did you get it so fast and all this stuff? And what I don't think they understand that the the group that is coming into Houston actually runs seven different MLS Next clubs, uh, seven or eight different MLS Next clubs. So um, they were 
um, invited to bring a, a club into Houston, which would be their ninth. And then they also have one in Dallas that just was announced too, um, the Dallas Hornets, I believe. Um, so they're running, they also run RGV, um, RSL Arizona. So they have different MLS Next clubs. So I think when people ask me, since I'm from Houston, well, how did you get MLS Next so fast? I tell them this is a long storied, you know, successful endeavor that um, this group has done in MLS. So MLS trusts them with, you know, the product that they're going to put uh, bring out. But it also goes back to me completing my French license when I was at Sporting KC um, through MLS and um, having that knowledge of the game and how we develop players uh, in the academies at Sporting. And then obviously when I came here and, and worked with players, um, you know, locally, they they knew that I was the man for the job and uh, really excited about the staff we're putting together um, and, you know, the amount of attention and interest that we've had in a quick amount of time. We've got a meeting tonight at seven um, and I th I'm pretty sure we've already, you know, maxed out the room. So we might have to make a second meeting um, after that. So it's it's been a, a very good um, and exciting time uh, here in Houston. He's Josh Gardner. Houston Rangers have been added to MLS next. According to an MLS article on MLSsoccer.com, 90% of the current youth national team players player pools, 90% mm -hmm. for the U.S. and Canada come out of uh, the MLS next. Now, look, you've been very committed to player development. You grew up on these fields. I first want to take you into the pride of having played in this city. Now, full mm -hmm. circle after you know, college in Cincinnati, coming uh, back here after a long career in Major League Soccer, winning MLS Cups, winning a USL championship. But but the the additional maybe unique pride that you have being a former player from here, you know, to go on with the with the list of a, of a whole mu bunch of guys, you, mm -hmm. you know, from this area, Rusty Pierce, Chris Bondi, uh, the Baba brothers, um, Eric, Alex well, Woods, a whole bunch of guys that, yeah. that played, and I'm omitting a bunch of them. But but how about that local Houston pride that you bring to this? I, I think that's the most exciting part is uh, growing up on these fields and seeing these guys and the culture that we had back in the you know mid '90s, early 2000s um, was just it, it's it was just a different culture, a different vibe, a different feeling, and I think. What we're seeing now is all those guys are still committed to the Houston area. Now their kids are playing soccer and they're growing up. So now um, we feel that it's our job as, um, you know, native Houstonians to bring that culture back so that we can start developing players and giving, giving them the opportunities. Now, is everybody going to turn professional? No. However, can we get them into very good division one schools, NAIA schools, division two, II, division three? Absolutely. Um, and I think you're, you're seeing, you know, the bondies of this world, they're coaching at very good universities at UConn. Um, you know, you've got Chad Riley, who's at Notre Dame. So like these guys who grew up in the Houston area are still impacted in the game. And I think that's because of how we grew up. So for me to give that opportunity to the players here in, in Houston, um, and hopefully we just want to grow the game, right? We want, we want Houston soccer to be a Mecca of, you know, quality players. And when people come here to play, they're like, man, it's tough to play in Houston. Um, and that's, that's really our vision.
So your commitment to player development, I, I, I do know it's a big one, and you've worked with every age level on down to the little itty-bittiest uh, of players, really, really young kids. Um, how are you going to keep this personal now? Because I know that's part of your mantra um, as this grows bigger uh, and, and keep your club in, in unique in your ideology and the way you see player development. You know, so so my my club we started back in I would say August of last year, and we've I think we have over 120 people registered for tryouts coming out next week, which is super exciting. Um, and I think the biggest part of how we how we work and develop the players is first every kid has a name. They're not just a number. They're not just a monetary value. They have a um, a value within themselves of how they how they play right every kid has a personality and we want to we want to nurture that and um, steer them in the right direction we have kids who have come from difficult um, soccer experiences as you know as youth Um, and so we want we've created a safe environment for them to explore and to have freedom to make mistakes to learn from those mistakes Um, we never get on to kids because obviously they're kids and they're learning but we want to be able to um teach them the ways of the game and in a like i said a safe environment and so for us to keep um that small culture you know what i what i've really focused on is is how we um create a family oriented feeling we can't grow too fast um you know we're going to be more selective at some point glenn um which is the hard part because it's hard for me to turn a kid away um especially when i know the abilities I have to help them develop as a player. Um, And the Houston Rangers have been very supportive and saying, listen, we want you to continue working with Kingdom Football Academy. I know that's your priority. However, um, Houston Rangers is is such a great opportunity for our kids to develop through our youth system and have the opportunity and ability to move into an MLS Next program where now they're being challenged against uh, the top players in the nation. You know, as I look around the youth community, I see these big, bold claims and and marketing moves by teams. And, you know, we're changing the environment and, you know, all these things. Do we have to be careful with that? Because sometimes I see over-marketing here. I I see advantage maybe being taken of parents, you, you know, pathway to the pros. I like the fact that you mentioned not everybody's going to be a pro and, and you have to keep the reality of the situation uh, in check. So how important Uh is communication with parents? Um, Nothing can ever be perfect, right? Because parents have different ambitions when they're bringing kids to clubs, but but how important is, you know, communicating with the, the parental set? I think transparency is the biggest key. Um, you know, I had a training session last night um, and just I ended it early. The kids continued training with our coaches and I went and talked to the parents and, um, you know, they were concerned about how is this going to affect our kids development when you're obviously running Houston Rangers. And I said, listen, nothing's going to change. My schedule is going to get busier, um, but I'm going to still have that attention and to detail and focus on every single player that we have. Um, in our player evaluations, I'm not just copying and pasting because every kid is different. Um, so it's that personal feel. But I think, you know, it, it's these clubs have done a great job in marketing what they what they do. And I think we also have to educate the parents as saying, 
Um, if you're, and this is what I tell parents, if you're happy where you're at, please stay there. If they're doing a good job coaching and developing your kids, like I want you to be there. You know, there's some great programs in the Houston area, um, girls and boys programs and clubs that are doing a great job with, with their players, their player pool. Um, and so if they're happy there, we want them to stay there. I'm never going to say you need to come to us because we're going to be around. We know what we're doing. We're confident in our, our abilities to, to develop. Um, and, you know, we're going to be supportive of the other groups in, in the Houston market. Yeah, I like that attitude. Do, do you think there can be more camaraderie from that respect? Or, or maybe where does that lie right now? Because we always listen to the divisive nature. And listen, this has affected the Houston Dynamo as well over the past years. But we always... You, you know, when it gets over the top, ultra competitive and things get a little bit unsavory. I mean, can that be improved? Where do you see the overall health of, you know, maybe all the oars pulling in the same direction for the Houston youth soccer community? You know, we I've had a long discussions with a lot of soccer people here in Houston. And I think for me that I mean, how many how many different uh, leagues do we have in Houston? You've got MLS next. You've got. Um, ECNL, you have ECRL, you have now is uh, USCRL, you have a USC league. In my opinion, if Houston could come together and say, we're going to create one league with different divisions and you win your division and you move up, you know, I, for me, I feel like that's how we're going to develop players faster. Um, it, it's difficult, right? Because everybody wants to keep their kids separate from different clubs. Um, you know, it's, Sadly, I feel like we haven't done a good job. It's become a um, not a tit for tat, but like we we focus more on like the the relationships that we have with different, you know, adults and different clubs, whereas we're here to develop kids. Right. We're here to to grow the passion and, and um, you know, they're they are the product that we want to put out there. Right. And so how we develop those kids, we want to give them those opportunities. And I think we've we've gone away from player development and we've gone into, you know, the money side of things, which is obviously the, the ugliest part of it. Um, and if parents are investing in their kids, there's a lot of money that, that goes into investing in player or in youth development. Right. Um, so what's our end goal? Do we want these kids to go to vision three and get a no soccer scholarship? And you could have done that doing getting good grades or do we want to try and get them a soccer scholarship so now the return on their investment was worth it, right? Um, that's the hardest part is, you know, we got to put the kid back on the top and we got to make sure that that's our main focus. What about simply lighting the fire of passion underneath uh, youth soccer? But look, you've had a lot of teammates that you grew up playing youth soccer with that are that are now coaching, that played in college, mm -hmm. that have passed on the love of the game. What about simply just the love of the game and somebody growing up one day to be a parent that loves the sport and contributes to it or, or goes yeah, and that, buys a ticket for a Houston dynamo game. Yeah, no, that that's the biggest thing, right? So we have our, our club night um, in a couple of weeks at, at the dynamo game. And we were trying to figure out what an end of season, you know, party or whatever. And I was like, let's go to dynamo, right? Let's go support our, our professional club. Um, they're doing really well right now you know, have a good run of results at home. Um, but the greatest part, Glenn, honestly, is seeing the guys that I grew up with now running clubs in Houston, um, starting little clubs because they want to develop kids 
um, that's the best part about it is, you know, it, it, those relationships that I have or I have now or had with guys who I grew up with either in high school or um, club that are still impacting the game in Houston. Josh Gardner, uh, he will be heading up Houston Rangers. They were selected for MLS next. They will field teams from under 19 to under 13 based out in the Katy area. Um, this is uh, exciting news for Houston. Uh, there was another Texas team added, the Dallas Hornets, as Josh uh, mentioned as well. Um, there are 133 MLS Next programs or clubs uh, in the United States. Uh, as we continue on here, you know, I, I you are a father of, of children, so you have a unique perspective on this. Uh, you have a lot yeah. of kids. Talk a little bit about your family. Yeah, so... Um... My wife and I, we have five kids and we had, we had a, a kid in different states. Each kid was born in a different state, which is kind of funny only because I was a journeyman in MLS, um, in LA and Seattle, Columbus, Montreal, North Carolina, um, and then in sporting. And we had two kids in Kansas city. One was born in Missouri. The other one was, was born in Kansas, uh, which is kind of funny, but yeah, it's, you know, when, whenever you have children, I think your mindset changes um, whenever you coach. I think somebody who doesn't necessarily have has kids yet might not fit in the younger generations of, of youth development because they can't relate to that age of player. Um, our oldest is 13. Our youngest is two. Um, and like you said earlier, Glenn, I've, I've worked with a lot of different ages growing up. I started coaching uh, a young team in L.A. when I was playing with Galaxy because I had a lot of free time, right? But I also loved being around around the kids and, and working with them. Um, so I think your perspective changes whenever you have children. I'm not saying some people can't relate to it. Um, I just know that my heart goes to every kid that I work with. Um, and, you know, I'm, I not only want to help them develop as a soccer player, but with the mental side of the game, with the outside parts of it, how can we create good citizens and um, you know, people who are going to grow the game, but also be very good at what they do when they're done playing. Cause not everybody's going to play until they're, I mean, who's a lot of times, what, 40, is he still playing? I think, I mean, I would, I'm 40. I would love, I would love to keep playing. I just can't do it. So, um, it's one of those things. All right. So that does it tonight. That is a vital piece. There are 133 MLS next programs. And according to an MLS, uh, article on MLSsoccer.com. 90% of the current youth national team pool players for both the U.S. and Canada come out of MLS Next. Great to see guys like Josh Gardner uh, coming back and being involved in the game after playing in the league. Same thing with Tyson Wall, who's heading up the academy for Austin FC. But the commitment to player development and uh, moving youth through is very important. All right, that does it tonight here for Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas. Don't forget to get the podcast to this show, you can do it at hornfm.com. Better yet, you can also sign up at Spotify, Apple, Google Play. Get this show, hornfm.com, for your podcast. Appreciate every, everybody at the Horn in Austin, Texas, and everybody for listening in. And, of course, our presenting sponsor, John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlawaustin.com, 713-CALL-NOW, 713-CALL-NOW. Uh, they are bilingual. John and his firm, they will take your case Nervy time when you get in an accident. Support DaspitLawAustin.com and the Daspit Law Firm as they are helping to get soccer talk on the radio. You can hit me up 
Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Davis Sock, at Soccer Matters GD, GlennDavisSoccer.com as well. And until next Monday night, remember everybody, soccer matters.